This is Barry Zalma speaking for Claim School Incorporated's blog, Zalma on Insurance. Today we're talking about something that should be a certainty to everyone, and that is that litigants must never, never assume facts. And insurers, agents, and brokers who create a sophisticated relationship may find it to be rather expensive. And it is always, always wrong to lie on an insurance application. Three sophisticated commercial parties in the insurance industry entered what appeared to the court in hindsight to be a somewhat unsophisticated business relationship. That arrangement led to complex litigation, which generally isn't a good thing for a business arrangement to lead to. In American Builders Insurance Company versus Keystone Insurers Group and Ebenberg Insurance Agency, a United States District Court for the Middle District of Pennsylvania case issued on August 4, 2023, Plaintiff American Builders sued defendant Ebensburg for its allegedly tortious misrepresentation in an application to ABIC for workers' compensation insurance coverage on behalf of Ebensburg's customer custom installation contracting services. The misrepresentation at issue involved whether custom was engaged in roofing work and the maximum height of its operations. On Custom's application, Ebensburg indicated that Custom didn't engage in roofing work and only operated at 15 feet above the ground or lower. On that basis, ABIC issued Custom a workers' compensation insurance policy. Later, a Custom employee fell 25 feet from a rooftop while working on a commercial roofing job. The employee filed for workers' compensation benefits, which ABIC unsuccessfully opposed. In this action, presently pending, ABIC brought several tort claims against Ebensburg. Ebensburg now moved for summary judgment on ABIC's claim arguing in part that they're time-barred. ABIC is a Georgia-based insurance company that issues workers' compensation insurance in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Ebensburg is an independent insurance agency operating in Pennsylvania, owned by Carl DeUlis and managed in part by Carl's son, Curtis Kurt DeUlis. ABIC and Ebensburg have a relationship with Keystone Insurers Group, a third insurance company. Keystone essentially operated as sort of a matchmaker connecting ABIC to its network of retail agencies. Ebensburg is one of the retail agencies that is part of the Keystone Association. Its relationship with Keystone is governed by a franchise agreement. ABIC could change its underwriting guidelines from time to time, and in 2011, ABIC revised its prior underwriting guidelines to require that all roofing risks be pre-inspected prior to the release of a quote from the underwriting department. 
The new guidelines provided that all roofing risks would require pre-inspection prior to a release of a quote. Customs' relationship with Ebensburg, however, had never sought workers' compensation insurance before. It obtained a policy through the Commonwealth State Workers' Insurance Front Fund, the SWIF, and the SDWIF Accord application indicated that, one, custom engaged in commercial and residential carpentry, two, custom didn't perform any work over 15 feet above the ground, three, approximately 90% of custom's work was residential and the remaining 10% was commercial, and four, Custom used basic hand tools for its remodeling projects and to install replacement windows. In 2015, Custom approached Ebensburg again to inquire about switching to a private workers' compensation insurer for more favorable terms. Kurt de Ulis primarily relied on the Swift Accord application and its classification of Custom's business through customs class codes as provided by the PCRB. Kurt de Ulis indicated that custom engaged in commercial remodeling didn't work at heights higher than 15 feet and wasn't engaged in any other business other than commercial re- remodeling. De- Kurt de Ulis also applied for several other insurance carriers on customs' behalf, and as he did with the ABIC application, De Ulis didn't indicate that Custom did roofing work on the other applications. In September of 2015, Custom was engaged in a commercial roofing job in New Galilee, Pennsylvania. James Scott had just began working for Customs, and he stepped through a skylight and fell from over 20 feet to the ground, incurring serious injuries. In September of 2015, ABIC sued Custom in the Western District of Pennsylvania seeking rescission of the insurance policy and alleging that Custom committed insurance fraud. The trial court concluded it did not have jurisdiction over ABIC's claim for rescission because ABIC could obtain relief in the workers' compensation litigation and dismissed the case. Following Judge Gibson's order dismissing ABIC's federal claims, the workers' compensation litigation continued. Judge Gallison ultimately denied ABIC's petitions, and the Pennsylvania Workers' Compensation Appeals Board later affirmed that decision. Under Federal Rule of Civil Procedure Section 56, summary judgment is appropriate where the movement shows that there is no genuine dispute as to any material fact and the movement is entitled to a judgment as a matter of law. ABIC argued that the limitations period on its claim should be told under either fraudulent concealment or the inherent fraud doctrine. The court noted that the parties to the dispute were first Custom, who was the principal, second, Ebensburg, who was Customs' legal agent, and three, ABIC, a third party that was harmed by actions Ebensburg took on Customs' behalf. When an agent like Ebensburg commits tortious acts in the scope of its agency, both the agent and the principal are equally liable in tort. 
ABIC was aware, or it should have been, of the principal-agent relationship between Custom and Edmundsburg because the only way for a customer like Custom to obtain ABIC's insurance was to go through a retail agency like Edmundsburg that had powers of representation with ABIC and access to its e-quotes system. On the day Scott was injured, ABIC was aware that Scott fell through a roof. On September 14, 2015, ABIC became aware of the misrepresentations in customs application. Therefore, by September 14, 2015, ABIC was aware that, one, someone submitted false information to it via e-quotes, and two, only Ebensburg and not custom had access to the e-quotes system. The court concluded that those facts were sufficient to give ABIC inquiry notice of its potential claims against Evansburg because it knew, it knew that Evansburg had sole access to the mechanism that caused its injury, the issuance of a policy based on false information. The common thread in these elements is that ABIC knew that the alleged misrepresentation negligently or fraudulently came from two potential sources, Custom or Ebensburg, or both, and it knew that Ebensburg had access to e-quotes, the mechanism that caused its injury. Rather than pursuing both potential sources, ABIC assumed that the misrepresentation originated with Custom rather than Ebensburg. ABIC eventually learned that its assumption was incorrect, but not until after the statute of limitations expired on its claims in September of 2017. The court concluded that complicated business arrangements lead to complicated litigation. The court acknowledged that litigators in these circumstances must toe a difficult line. ABIC appears to have fallen on the wrong side of that line. By failing to act on its knowledge that Ebensburg had access to e-quotes, the mechanism by which ABIC was injured, ABIC ran afoul of the statute of limitations. The error required Ebensburg motion for summary judgment to be granted. In my opinion, it is axiomatic that when a litigant assumes a fact rather than obtaining and working on actual evidence, the litigant becomes its own worst enemy. And it forgot that making an assumption should always first start with breaking the word assume into its custom and component parts. And when one does that, one will never again assume a fact before entering into litigation. In this case, the assumption let the statute of limitations run and left the insurer holding the cost of a workers' compensation policy and claim it did not owe. This video was adapted from my blog, Zalma on Insurance, which is available free to anyone who clicks on the URL zalma.com slash blog. 
You can subscribe to the blog post and you will receive notice of every blog posting, usually five, sometimes six a week. And you'll have access to the more than 4,550 blog postings. You can also subscribe to the videos on YouTube and Rumble.com, both of which are free. And you can subscribe to them and we'll receive them as they are posted. And if you wish further detail, further knowledge about insurance, insurance law, and insurance fraud, and insurance claims, please consider for a very small fee subscribing to my Locals Community or my Substack publication. Thank you for your attention.